What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to an all-new episode of Time Out with Tony, your host, Tony. All right, folks, take three, because this is the third time I have to record this shit, and for some fucking reason, my microphone's being a little bitch today, so please bear with me. All right, so today's episode, we are going to be reviewing The Greatest Showman. Why? Well, ladies and gents, um, I... I'm trying to expand my area of expertise, if you will, and I thought, why not take a look at a musical? And that is today's episode. Today, we're going to be taking a look at a musical. Which musical? The Greatest Showman, of course. Why? Because it's the only one I've bothered to watch. And I, I don't really feel like reviewing West Side Story yet, so we'll, we'll save that one for another day. But today, ladies and gents, we're reviewing The Greatest Showman. So, um, before we get into today's episode, I want to take a quick minute and thank you guys all so much for the support. It means a lot, really, so keep it up, and most of all, spread the word. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your sisters, tell everybody, and most of all, feel free to follow us on our Instagram at timeout underscore with Tony Podcast. New episodes every Tuesdays and Saturdays. Season finale is coming up soon. Should drop probably by the end of this month, so, uh... The end game is near, boys. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gents, let's just get straight into this episode. Sit back, relax, and crack open a beer, soda, and or water, folks, and enjoy because this is the greatest showman. Okie dokie, so let's just let's let's just get straight into it. Um I'm, I'm gonna say this. I've only watched this movie twice. The first time I zoned off way before that we got halfway through it and uh they didn't even let us finish it in school. And the second time was my sophomore year. I don't know if I talked about it. Feel free to check it out. Uh, check out uh, one of these one of those episodes where I talk about my band stories uh, season one episode eight season two episode eight or season three episode eight or stories that help my friends and I parts one two and three on all services anyways uh, what was I saying all right so yeah no uh, during my sophomore year uh, there we had to perform a original score or like a medley that was composed of all the songs that were featured in here. And I don't know, I just kind of watched it mostly aside from the fact that I was bored, I just, you know, kind of uh kind of, you know, wanted to familiarize myself with the musical pieces, how they actually sounded. And I know I could have just YouTube them, you know, cuz that's what everyone does these days, but I'm like nah, let me see how it actually goes in the movie. And that's exactly what I did. So, um, there's that. I remember watching it, the first time I watched it, I remember I was like, ugh, so many fucking music pieces. What is this, a musical? And I remember my ex looking at me and like, she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh shit. And I, I, uh, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was a musical. For the most part, I really can't stand musicals. Um, 
I mean, some maybe it was like a you know little Disney show tune, but like musicals in general, nah, nah. This and West Side Story is the only thing I'm willing to put up with. Other than that, nah. Um, but yeah, so so we just get straight into it. Yeah, let's just get straight into it. Um, for those of you that don't know, The Greatest Showman is a biographical musical drama directed by Michael Gracie in his directorial debut, written by Jenny Biggs and Bill Condon. Uh, the film stars Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Michelle Williams, Rebecca Ferguson, and Zendaya, featuring nine original songs <clears throat> from Benj Pasek and just, I think, I'm pretty sure I just butchered that name, and Justin Ball. The film is based on the story and life of P.T. Barnum, the famous showman and entertainer, and his creation of the Barnum and Bailey Circus and lives of its star attractions. Principal photography for the film began in New York City in November of 2016, and the film premiered more than a year later on December 8, 2017, aboard the RMS Queen Mary uh, II. The film went on to gross $435 million worldwide, making it the fifth highest grossing live action musical film of all time. The film was praised for the performances, music, visuals, and production values like any movie featuring Hugh Jackman would. <clears throat> However, it was criticized for his artistic license. The film received nominations for Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy and Best Actor Musical or Comedy for Jackman at the 75th Golden Globe Awards. The film won the Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song and was nominated for Best Original Song at the 90th Original Academy Awards. And it also won a Best Compilation Soundtrack for Visual Media at the 61st uh, Annual Grammy Awards. So, <clears throat> before you put... Dirt on my boy, on my boy Hugh Jackman. Just remember that boy, that boy got a Grammy. He helped win a Grammy. So, all right, let's just get into the recap. So, story opens up on P.T. Barnum as a child and his tailor of a father. Um, they work for the Hallett family. Now, Barnum here falls for the Hallett's, da uh, Hallett's daughter, Charity. Charity attends finishing school and. Her and Barnum continue to write each other until they reunite as adults. Eventually, they get married and they raise two daughters, Caroline and Helen, in New York City. They live a humble life, and despite Charity being happy, Barnum craves more, and this is where he performs that, uh, uh, that one song, A Million Dreams. Barnum loses his shipping clerk job when the company goes bankrupt due to a typhoon that sank all the sanctions. He secures a bank loan de uh, deceptively using his former employee's lost ships as collateral. He opens Barnum's American Museum in downtown Manhattan which features various wax, uh, wax figures. And while the ticket sales are low, Caroline and Helen suggest showcasing something alive. And Barnum adds freak features to various wax figures and ticket sales are still slow um so he decides to up it up a bit and he adds performers such as the bearded lady a dwarf man and while it does garner higher attendance they also protest and sorry it also receives poor uh protest and a bunch of poor reviews especially from a well-known critic james gordon benet dun 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 this is where they perform the song come alive now 
good old PT here renames his venture to Barnum Circus and recruits playwright Philip Carlyle, uh, Carlyle sorry, to help generate publicity. And this is where they perform the song The Other Side. Philip, mesmerized by the African-American trapeze artist and wheeler, uh, sorry, Philip is mesmerized. Sorry, he is mesmerized by the African American trapeze artist and Wheeler, but he hides his feelings because this is the 1870s and everybody hates black people. <clears throat> While touring abroad, Philip arranges for Barnum to meet and his sorry for he arranges for Barnum and his troop to meet the one, the only Queen Victoria. Barnum persuades famed Swedish singer Jerry, sorry Jenny Lynn to tour America with him as her manager. Lynn's American debut is a success, and during her song, Philip's parents see him and Anne holding hands. Now this is where they perform the song Never Enough. Barnum gains favor with the aristocratic patrons, and he distances himself uh, from his troop, advising them to work without him. Dejected, they decide to stand against their local harassers, and this is where they perform the song "This Is Me." When Philip and Anne attend a theater, uh, the theater together, they run into Philip's parents, and they berate him for parading around with the help. Fucking racist cunts! Philip tries to convince Anne that they can be together, but she disagrees, saying that they will never be accepted socially because of her skin color. Now, this is where they perform the song "Rewrite the Stars." As Barnum takes Lind on a U.S. tour, Charity, who stays at home with the girls, feels isolated from her husband. And this is where they perform the song Tightrope. While on tour, Lind becomes romantically attracted to Barnum. And when he rebuffs her, she threatens to quit and later retaliates with a surprise kiss at the end of her last show, which is photographed by the press. Yikes. Barnum returns home to find the circus on fire caused, uh, caused by a fight between the protesters and the troop. Philip runs into the building to save Anne, not knowing that she's already escaped. He suffers serious injuries before Barnum can rescue him. Sorry, before Ron, uh, yeah, Barnum can rescue him. Bennett tells Barnum that the culprits have been caught and that Lynn has canceled her tour after Barnum's scandal. Barnum's mansion is foreclosed and Charity takes the girls to her parents' home. Devastated and divorced and completely banged. No, I'm joking. Uh, Barnum retreats to a local bar and his troop finds him there where they say that despite their disappointments, they still consider themselves a family. And inspired, he revolves to build a new show and not let the ambition rule him. And this is where he performs from now on. Philip awakens in the hospital with Anne by his side while Barnum and Charity reconcile. A recovering Philip offers his share of the profits to help Barnum rebuild the circus in exchange for becoming a full partner, which Barnum readily accepts. To economize, Barnum transforms the enterprise into an open-air tent circus. The revamped circus is a huge success, and Barnum has Philip take his place as the ringmaster so that uh, Barnum can spend more time with his family. He leaves the circus early and arrives on an elephant uh, on an elephant to attend Caroline and Helen's ballet recital. Now, this is where they perform The Greatest Show. The movie ends with a quote from P.T. Barnum that reads, quote, The noblest art is that of making people happy. And that, my friends, is The Greatest Showman. <clears throat> All right, folks. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10... I gotta give the greatest showman a
six out of ten. And uh, here's why. So first and foremost, yeah, the musical pieces, they are really kind of nice. I won't lie. Uh, my great melodies. As someone who played them, uh, I really liked it. It's, it's, it's good music. It really, really resembles, I wouldn't say resembles the circus, but rather, you know, the, the, the feeling of wanting to be in the circus. And, um... I don't know, it's, it's just, I really like the melodies, too. I really fucked with the melodies. Heavy. Um, the percussionist, amazing. Now, the singing, I could give a fuck about the singing. I fucking hated the singing in here. I thought some of the singing here was really fucking annoying. And I'm like, bro, fuck the singing. I could give a shit about the singing. But for me, I really liked the instrumentals themselves, the melodies, the, the, the percussion the the ambient that the music just kind of brought and i think that's what what really you know gives this movie a lot of credit the musical pieces you know because i mean that's the thing about a musical all right that's just the thing it's all about the music right you gotta have kick-ass music you don't got kick-ass music you got a shitty musical like uh like uh I can't think of a horrible musical, actually. They're all really horrible in general. But, uh, yeah, I know. It's, um, you got bad music. You got, you're setting yourself up for disaster. But, you set yourself up for some kick-ass music. You just might do fine. And, um, again, that's what I really liked about this. I really enjoyed the selection of cast members, you know, Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Zendaya, like, it's, um, it's a weird, not a weird combination, but definitely unique, something you wouldn't see coming in a, a couple of years, you know, I mean, you'd probably see it coming tomorrow, but a few years ago, probably not, um, so, there's that, hmm, what I really didn't like was, as I said before, the artistic license. Um, now, for those of you that you know, have no idea what the fuck that is, the artistic license it, it just, is sort of like a... How do you say this? Um, uh, sort of like a... It's like when you you have a project, right? And you just you're basing it on something. Like say say I'm making a movie about Michael Jackson, you know, and I'm basing it on his his life, right? And there are like certain stories, certain you know scenes that you know just straight up didn't happen, like him, uh, shit, uh, what's something like him running someone over. That that's that's me, you know, just kind of moving away from fact or form. You know, it's, oh fuck, this is a horrible, I gotta, okay, okay, the definition for artistic license refers to deviation from fact or form for artistic purposes and can include the alliteration of grammar or language or the rewording of pre-existing text. Now, yeah, I can't explain this without making myself look like a fucking moron. 
So, anyways, um, I don't know. This they say it's a biographical drama, but really, it doesn't really, you know, stick too much. To, to, it doesn't really stick to the uh, to the facts, you know. It doesn't really stick to what the story, how it really went. But to be fair, it is kind of a, a musical, so I don't really know what I was expecting there. I do have to take points away from it because it's 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 a musical. I bleh. It's uh, uh, too much singing, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. While in the sense of a musical, it does it is great, you know. It is something that uh, you like to watch over again. In terms of bio- of a biographical, you know, movie, it, it's. Fuck shit! This what the fuck is this? You know, and that's just why I gotta give it a six out of ten. Um, so there you have it, folks. The Greatest Showman, a six out of ten. What would you guys have to say about this? Do I recommend this? Not really. Um, unless you're with friends and family. So sorry, unless you're with family or with kids, this is the movie to go to. But do I recommend this for a movie night or just something to watch in general? Nah, you, you got you you got a better chance at watching an MCU movie or something like that. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll leave that there. Let me know what you guys think. Would you guys recommend it? I sure as hell wouldn't, um, under special circumstances. But uh, yeah, there you have it, folks. Let's take a look at behind the scenes. So, production for the film first began during the 2009... Uh, sorry, during uh, production began in 2009 during the rehearsals for the 81st Academy Awards when producers Lawrence Mark and Bill Condone compared uh, host Hugh Jackman to P.T. Barnum. Jackman later expressed interest in a Barnum project and Mark, Condone, Mark and Condone approached Jenny Biggs, a writer for the ceremony. Her and Bill Condone would go on to write the script, and the project was announced in 2009 with Jackman already set for the title role. In August of 2011, Michael Gracie was chosen to direct, and in 2013, um, <clears throat> sorry, oh, fuck, uh, Pasek, and Paul were uh, hired to, you know, write these musical pieces and whatnot. <clears throat> Uh, let's see, let's see, take a look. So, in other words, what really happened was it's like the two, it's like that two chains quote. Um, she got a big booty, so I call it Big Booty. Hugh Jagman, hey, it's like PT Barnum, let's make a movie about PT Barnum. It's, it's simple mathematics, you know. All right, so at the box office, The Greatest Showman spent 219 days in release, closing on July 26th, 2018. Now, hear me out. This movie came out in December of 2017 and didn't close out until July of 2018. Having grossed $174.3 million in the U.S. and Canada and $260.6 million in other territories for a total worldwide of 434 Point nine million against a production budget of eighty four million. The film went on to be the third highest grossing film, sorry, highest grossing musical ever in North America, and also the third highest globally. Deadline Hollywood estimated the film would turn a profit of at least fifty to a hundred million dollars. 
In the U.S. and Canada, The Greatest Showman was released alongside Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and was predict- projected to gross around $21 million from 3,000 theaters over its first six days. It took in $2.5 million on its first day and $2.1 in its second. Over the three-day weekend, the film grossed a $9 million uh, <clears throat> uh, projection uh, and it finished fourth at the box office, right behind Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, and Pitch Perfect Three. On review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of fifty-seven percent. Two hundred and sixty-four of the reviews are positive, with an average rating of six out of ten. The website's critical consensus reading quote. The Greatest Showman tries hard to dazzle the audience with a Barnum-style sense of wonder, but at the expense of its complex subject's far more intriguing real-life story. End quote. On Metacritic, the film has a weighted average of score of 48 out of 100 based on reviews from 43 critics, indicating mixed or average reviews. So, yeah, whatever. And uh, as far as as far as the story goes for the Greatest Showman, I think that's pretty much it for today's uh, episode, ladies and gents. So, a six out of ten. Let me know what you guys think. Do I recommend this movie? Of course not. Not unless it's underneath special circumstances. Overall, ladies and gentlemen, this has been quite the spectacle. Um, <clears throat> I I love the music from this. I love the soundtrack. I won't lie. Um, not love. Love's a strong word. I like it, you know, it's something that I'll listen to when I'm driving, you know, at 80 miles an hour while I'm under the influence, you know, and, um, yeah, so we'll leave it at that, folks, um, let me know what you guys think, but overall, it's a 6 out of 10, feel free to follow us on our Instagram at timeout underscore with underscore Tony podcast, new episodes every Tuesdays and Saturdays. And uh, that, that's pretty much it for today's episode, ladies and gents. Thank you guys so much for listening. Feel free to spread the word. Follow us on our Instagram. And uh, most of all, don't drink and drive. Thank you guys, and we'll see you here next week. Okay, show's over. Please get out. Thank you.